Hi, I'm Ryan Cook, and this is Summit to Talk About, your one-stop podcast for all things hiking, hills, wild camping, and the great outdoors. We're at episode 15, which makes it to the end of the first series. I'll be taking some time out to get married and go on holiday, and then I'll be back to start series two at some point in October. I really hope that you've enjoyed series one as much as I have. I've loved every minute of it, and I'm so grateful to have met some amazing people from the outdoors community. I've already got some great guests lined up for series two, but I want your ideas. What do you want to hear? Who do you want to hear? Please get in touch and let me know. If you're new to the podcast, please hit follow and catch up on series one. You can also follow the podcast on social media at STTA underscore podcast on Instagram or search for Summit to Talk About podcast on Facebook. In this episode, I chat with Dexter, also known as Easy Dexter on Instagram. Dexter has a love of long distance hiking and has completed many of the UK favourites, including Land's End, John O'Groats, and most recently the Southwest Coast Path. And don't forget to listen out for Dexter's top tips on how to keep your pack light. I'm now joined by Dexter, also known as Easy Dexter on the social media, especially on Instagram, which is where I first saw him. Now, Dexter is another one of our through hiking legends on the Instagram platform, uh, especially over the past few months. We've seen some fantastic uh, efforts by Dexter, actually, and we're going to try and delve into them. So welcome onto the podcast. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah, I'm um, doing good. Still getting used to life at home. As you know, I've done quite a few miles this year, so I'm more accustomed to being under the tent than in a bed at the moment. So still getting used to the home life for the moment. I bet. I mean, I suppose that's like us normal people just going into a fancy hotel and be like, oh, this is so comfortable. Look at the luxurious bed sheets. And I bet it's a bit like that for you now, just going into a house. <laughs> I, I can't cope with it, mate. I'm sleeping on the floor at the moment. I've just got my yoga mat on the floor because the bed just, it doesn't feel right for my body anymore after sleeping on a, because I have a pretty thin sleeping mat anyway. So I need that firm ground now. So uh, I've got the windows wide open, the air coming in, like trying to just recreate that outdoor environment. It's the trying only to way get all sleep. the animals to come in. Play oh, yeah. foxes, just come in and just like yeah. pee up the side of my bed or something. I, I fell in love with the sound of crickets on this uh, trip. So I put the cricket soundtrack on in the background, then bam, I'm off to sleep straight away. It's mad, isn't it, how quickly you can become used to that kind of thing and to the point where you, you can't sleep because it might be too quiet or you're just not getting the, the same sort of breeze in your face or anything that's really quite strange how you can adapt to that absolutely and i think you can adapt to any situation we're going on such a tangent already we are already <laughs> we just literally we have a little brief before we start like if you go on a tangent just stop and we'll, we'll go back to what we're talking about but yeah we're off already here we go um but yeah i was thinking about this even at like festivals like i can sleep so well at festivals even though there's like people shouting and doing crazy stuff and it's just funny. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about here. Let's bring like, it back. No, I get that, though. I, like, <laughs> I, I do like ambient noise. If you're anywhere that's silent, I struggle to sleep. Like the yeah. silent, they say, don't they? Silence is deafening. And I think it really is. Definitely. I love the sound of, especially rain. You must have, you must have enjoyed the sound of rain on your tent. Definitely. Um, I Definitely. love that sound. And I was just in. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best sound wind, ever. The wind outside completely agree completely <laughs> agree so indoors life still getting used to it <laughs> i'm surprised you're drinking from an actual mug <laughs> you're just drinking a brew 
<laughs> yeah, I don't I don't carry it. That's one thing that I have missed. Coffee. That's the one positive of being home. Hot coffee. Or that's how that's how so to get I'm, through normal we'll come, life. We'll come on to kit um shortly because i'd like to sort of see what sort of things you're carrying when you're going on your long distance hikes but i'm guessing one of those things is not a stove nope no stove been a while since i carried one of those ultralight yeah ultralight so we'll, we'll come to that in a bit uh what i want to do first as with everybody that, that i chat to on the podcast is i want to find out the, the beginning so where did this all start for you uh go back right to your childhood if you want i mean was you was you getting into the outdoors then um or was it later on in life yeah so i think the seed was planted pretty early my grandparents um lived in a town in cumbria called saint bees i don't know if you if you know it but that is the yeah, start, the start of, of coast wainwright's to coast. coast to coast yeah. um so before i even knew about mountains or walking i knew about wainwright's coast to coast me and my dad used to do the first couple of miles up St. B's Head. And we used to talk about maybe doing Wainwright's Coast to Coast one day in the future. Um, so yeah, I spent every summer for the first 15 years of my life um, exploring the beach and doing little bits of the head. And yeah, I always knew that one day I wanted to do Wainwright's Coast to Coast, not knowing anything else about walking um, whatsoever i didn't even know any of the walks existed i just knew about coast to coasts um, sometimes that's all it takes isn't it that <laughs> bit of it's almost like a subliminal message isn't it something that's just there you don't know much about it but you're aware of it um and definitely and, like you say the seed was planted at that point i guess yeah and had that little taste of the first few miles um going up up st b's head and i loved it so much i found that the most exciting thing just going up there um Back at home, we never did that much walking. We'd do little two, three-mile walks around here. and um, But I was never into, like, real outdoor stuff. But our family never went to the lakes, or we never did any mountain hiking. Um, but at the same time, I was always into walking for transport, which sounds a little bit weird, but I'd often um, just walk home from school for no reason, even, even yeah. though I could easily get the bus. Um, I just found that way more enjoyable. Um, and that carried on right through my life, even though I wasn't doing any serious hiking. When I went off to university, I used to walk to university. Um, there's just something in me that loves moving, loves that constant feeling of moving, and yeah. especially especially the feeling of going from A to B. And I think that's why I veered towards these long-distance trails rather than um, peak bagging or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I joined the, joined the hiking club in university, and that's when I started doing some more serious stuff. Um, after doing a bit of it, yeah, that's quite a funny story in itself because um, at the same time I was boozing a lot. So for <laughs> university, so, <laughs> boozing, yeah, I so I'd, I'd go off on a hike on a Sunday morning after being out the night before, often on the zero sleep with a <laughs> terrible hangover. I wouldn't even know which mountain we were hiking. I reckon I've done most of the mountains in the lakes, but uh, I just followed the leader uh, with a terrible <laughs> hangover. But that gave me a bit of confidence um, that I could do some hiking. Um, yeah, me and two mates went off and did Wainwright's Coast to Coast when we were 19. So it started kind of early. Right. Um, that was the first long distance walk for me. Since then, I've done loads and loads of national trails. Yeah. Well, so I suppose doing the, the, the coast to coast, first of all, was, was nice for you. Just having, like you say, growing up around it and seeing those first few miles as well. So 
Yeah, absolutely. How long ago was that? Because I don't want to ask how old you are. That's far from <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago, mate. It was 2008 that I did Wayne Rice right. Coast to Coast. And it took us 16 days. So that's pretty slow. If you work out the average, it's about 12 miles a day. Uh, but yeah. we had these big heavy packs. Uh, we were sharing a tent, three teenagers. Uh, <laughs> so we'd nearly killed each other multiple times. Um, <laughs> but when us three get together, we still talk about that walk. That was... Yeah. That first one is special for everyone. And um, yeah, we've been trying to get back together for like a 10-year 10, 10 reunion. A reunion. 15-year yes. reunion, and it's not quite happened. Um, little preview, I'm actually going to go back and do it myself next week. Uh, oh, I decided that this week, yeah. Right, uh, okay. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna do it next week. Um, very, very special memories from there. But at the time, I didn't even know any of the trail existed. Um, yeah. There's a point where it intersects the Pennine Way. Um, I didn't even know what the Pennine Way was, despite the fact it goes three miles from my house. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of the end of it for me at 18, sorry, 19. Um, I thought that was a once-in-a-lifetime achievement. I had no plans to ever do any more national trails, and it was 10, it was 10 years before I got back into it. Right, okay. So what, what do you think that was, just... You felt accomplished at that point. Yeah, we've done it now. That'll do me. Yeah, or that was part of part of found it. Found other things. Yeah, definitely found other things. Got into partying a bit more. Yeah. The hangovers got a little bit worse to the point where I didn't really want to go out on a Sunday. Um, so yeah, there was a few years of that. After that, I just got really into running as well. So much right. so that like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have days off training um, because I was so into running. Um, and then that led to fell running as well, which probably brought me back to, to long distance hiking. Yeah. Do you still do any fell running now? A little bit. I've had so many problems with injuries. We'll get onto that in a bit. I've had a couple <laughs> of pretty serious ones. Um, yeah, so I'm back into running now. Um, yeah. For me, you get a bit more bang for your buck. You can go out for a couple of hours and do like a, a decent size run, whereas like a couple of hours walk, like, doesn't scratch my itch anymore so yeah. when i'm back home especially over the winter i much prefer running to to walking to be honest with you yeah to just get your value for money definitely yeah definitely. no that makes sense that makes sense yeah but i did actually sorry yeah the mile the mileage of the walks and stuff that you've been doing and the amount of the quality that you're getting um you you need to fulfill that gap don't you one way or another and like you say you need to be getting out there getting some miles in because i suppose it is about getting those miles in when you're doing long distance walking. So to go out on a little two hour walk round around the country park or something is just not going to scratch the itch, is absolutely, it? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, f I mentioned before, I've, there's something in me that just loves this feeling of moving forwards and being able to see that I've gone from there to there. Yeah. So even loop walks, I don't love. I like going somewhere <laughs> to somewhere else. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I like doing, definitely. Well, otherwise, you see that you're going from A to A, aren't you? Yeah. You don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. some of the walks that you've done are, are very much A to Z, aren't they? Because you're probably hitting all the other letters in the alphabet in, in between because the, the distance and the things that you see in the experiences that you're having, which we'll come on to, actually, because obviously you've done the Coast to Coast, which yep. is one of the, the, the very well-known national trails um, from St. Bees to Robin Hood's Bay in the on the Yorkshire coast. So you did that in in twelve days or sixteen Six, days? Sixteen, 16, days. 16 okay. days. I'm hoping so 16 to do it days. 
I'm going to go next week. I've not decided on a day. I'm hoping to do it in six days, max, maybe five days, days. Um, wow. which will be 30 to 35 miles per day. I'm going to do it unsupported as well. So, right, okay. So, a bit, so my style's slightly changed in the past 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right. Okay. No pressure then. We'll be looking out for that on Instagram. <laughs> what other trails did you do then? So, you had your, your sort of 10 year gap break. What made you start getting back into it then? Yeah. I was thinking, I thought this would come up and I was having a think and I can't really put my thing, finger on the exact moment where I got back into it. Um, indirectly, it was just the fact that I got a bit older and I gained a bit more confidence to go out and do things on my own. That walk yeah. was with three people and I would have never gone out and done that on my own. Um, throughout my 20s, I started yeah, doing running and doing a bit more traveling and that gave me confidence to go off and do stuff on my own. Yeah. Uh, and once that's, that switch flicked in my brain, I started thinking, maybe I could get back into walking. I could do one of those big walks on my own. Um, so I left my job and I did some more traveling and had a couple of spare weeks. So I did, I did the West Highland Way. That was the one that got me back into it. And I loved it so much. Yeah. Um, it's not the longest trail. It's only 90 miles. Everyone knows the West Highland Way. Um, but I just love the the social side of it. That's what I love about the West Highland Way. Done it twice now. I met so many cool people. Like, we even ended up forming a little trail family and we got um, we got a little wooden shack one night when it was pouring it down and we cooked together. And I came away from that trip just knowing that this was something that I wanted to invest more time in. And it was yeah. always, what's next? What's a little bit longer? What's a little bit longer? Um, yeah, so I did the West Highland Way. That led to doing the Great Glen Way, to doing Hadrian's Wall, to doing um, – I did a 100-mile loop in the Lake District called Tour of the Lake District. Um, I did the Pennine Way last year. I'm sure I'm missing a few as well. So I've, over the last few years, I, pretty much every break I've had has been a walking holiday. Yeah, I went to India. Um, yeah, your last guest I saw did Stock Cangri. I also did Stock Cangri. Yeah. did Hampton Pass in the Himalayas as well. So you've t- it's taken you all over, really. It's not just a UK thing. It's uh, it's taken you far and wide. Yeah, yeah. The Himalayas are just like uh, unbelievable. Like, yeah. I, f- I flew into the Himalayas and I just remember like looking down out of the window and it was just endless, absolutely endless mountains and mountains and mountains and mountains. So then when I was actually in there hiking, like that was, that was another experience <laughs> entirely. That sounds amazing. What I want to do is cause you just mentioned there about like having a trail family when you did your West Island way. That's something I wanted to talk to you about because I recently watched your, your latest video actually on YouTube from when you'd done the Southwest Coast Path. And one of the things that you'd mentioned, because your video entitled The Highs and Lows of the Southwest Coast Path, I would recommend anybody watching this, by the way, whether you're into hiking or not, because it is just, it's a beautifully done video as well. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but you touch on meeting up with with two people that were also doing the trail and how that can lift you, your spirits and things. Um, so I wanted to talk about that because one of the big things about going on trail isn't about just putting one foot in front of the other it's about the experiences that you have when you're doing it and some of the people that you must meet well i can see already just from 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 that video that two of the people were were incredible and they really lifted your spirits so i want to talk to you about like people on on trails and stuff 
Is it something that you do? Would you say that you get to chat to quite a lot of people when you're on trail, or do some people just put their head down and carry on walking? Or as yeah, chat to so many people. You get the odd person who puts the head down, but you also get used to it because that happens occasionally. But um, yeah, I've come to really appreciate all interactions that happen on trail. Obviously, my favourite are when you meet people and you get to stick with them for a couple of days. For example, yeah, I just finished the Southwest Coast Path, did the whole thing in one go. Um, I just had a really big illness, really, really big illness. I was off trail for three days Um got back on not really feeling ready to hike but I didn't have an option um yeah I was feeling awful and then I I bumped into these two girls who I ended up hiking with for a couple of days and um it was just so nice just to like have a laugh with them really for me so um hiking can sometimes be I wouldn't call it serious but like (laughs) it's it's not often nature's funny I mean actually (laughs) Unless you see like a cow falling into a river, that that's quite funny. But for me, yeah, yeah, the opportunity to like have a laugh—that's really what I'm looking for when I when I meet people. Um, yeah, because I'm quite a silly guy at heart, and sometimes when I'm off in the woods on my own for a few days, I forget that. So then when I meet people and we're we're joking around, it's uh, really good fun for me. Um, but at the same time. I've really come to appreciate just the little interactions that you have with the locals, especially on something like the Southwest Coast Path, because everybody knows it. And you'll bump into so many people who've either done sections or done the whole thing. Um, and it's hard because you know that you're just going to be chatting to this person for five five minutes, then you move on yeah. and you'll never, ever see them again. That's yeah. weird. But you just have to appreciate it for what it is. And some of these people just come out with the funniest things or like a great little piece of advice. Um, yeah. So I I take the time to chat to anybody who who seems like they want to chat really. Yeah, that's nice. I like that. Do, do you ever get anybody sort of give you anything like gestures and things? People give me food all the time, especially when they see how small my backpack is. Um, <laughs> they'll start asking me questions, um, and then when I tell them that I'm not even like heating my food up, yeah they'll give me stuff yeah it's in my video but a woman gave me a, a curry at a campsite once that was the best thing ever yeah so uh, on the video, actually. i'd just eaten my like cold soaked noodles or whatever it was i was eating <laughs> and i was about to go to bed and this woman gave, gave me this like super nice vegetarian curry um but yeah that's not uncommon happens all the time that's that's great isn't it? and it just goes to show how nice some people really are um when you get out of the out of the the hustle and bustle of everyday life and you're doing things that you enjoy and I think it it just it's really nice to think that like for you you were going through the highs and lows and there's those times when you felt very very down because of how ill you'd got that some people are out there that can just come and make a small gesture like that and it just lifts your spirits up so much when you need it most yeah definitely i honestly think i could have quit if i didn't bump into those two girls they um they kept me company for a couple of days while i was still recovering and um yeah they like you said they just lifted my spirits so yeah and you know you never know who you're gonna meet on trail like that's one thing that i always say to myself if i'm feeling a bit down or things are getting a little bit boring you never know what's going to happen in five minutes you never know who you're going to bump into like 
yeah, yeah. there was uh, there was this one couple I, d- I didn't manage to get it in the video uh, but i bumped into them about three times and i had a sneaky suspicion they were like trying to work out where I'd be and they'd come and meet me again. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't mind because they were absolutely hilarious. Um, they'd just got married. They were just doing a little tour around Devon, um, visiting different... Uh, sorry, it was in Cornwall, actually, just visiting different beaches, and they were hilarious. The, they had rings made from the string of the guitar player from Ash. Really? There you go. So, wow, that's that's some fan stuff there. So we bonded over the love of the song "Girl from Mars." Wow, <laughs> that's that's whoa cool. It makes my white gold ring that I'm going to be putting on in two weeks look <laughs> inferior now. You should suggest it to your wife to be. Do you want to get uh, rings made from the string of what's your favorite band, Fleetwood Mac, something like that? <laughs> Someone, imagine that. <laughs> I bet we've got no chance of getting that made mm. up in two weeks now, have we? Down. Yeah, it's a bit a bit short notice. Too Maybe late. we should lower the standards a little bit. Yeah, you should have said something like a hula hoop or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your your Southwest Coast path then. Where yeah. did you start it and when? Yeah, so I started. I did it from start to finish, from Minehead to Pool, and yeah. I started that. Uh, I can't remember the exact date to be honest with you. Sometime in uh, July. Um, but I'd come straight off end-to-end. Um, obviously, you spoke to Impala about that. He organised yeah. that. Um, so I'd started, I'd walked from Land's End to John O'Groats from April onwards for two months. Um, and I loved that. We did a little section of the Southwest Coast Path and it blew me away. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. And I was thinking about it the whole walk. I absolutely loved it. Um, and by the end of the trail... Um, on Land's End to John O'Groats, I just felt like I'd, I needed to keep hiking. I wasn't ready to finish hiking. Um, so, so I had a couple of weeks off, and then I just I just went, headed down to Minehead and started the trail again. Um, I suppose it becomes your life, doesn't it? That is your your normality, your life. That's where you're getting your highs and your lows, like everybody gets in everyday life. And to then get to the end of something so epic and just be like, now what? Yeah. And you'd already said that you'd seen parts of the Southwest Coast Path and you thought, I want some of that. Definitely, definitely. So I knew I wanted to go back and it didn't even feel like I made a decision. It just happened. And there I was. Um, yeah, what do you want to know about it? It was a, it was a pretty oh, big experience. What was your favourite bit? Let's start with that. <sighs> I'm guessing it weren't one of the low days. This is... I'm going to say the end. Well, no, and I I know exactly why you're going to say the end as well in a minute. Yeah, let's talk about that because that was was an epic way to finish and so surreal. Yeah, it was surreal. So Land's End to John O'Groats, that just went perfectly. Everything ran smoothly and I just had a a good, wholesome time. Um, Southwest Coast Path was a lot more challenging. Um, So by the end of it, I really felt like I'd achieved something and i'd been through something really challenging um so there was more of a sense of accomplishment um so i was getting a bit emotional on my second to last day like just thinking about what a great journey it had been all the different people i'd met um and i was yeah just getting ready to to set up camp for my last night three separate people all recommended the same place to camp i couldn't believe it like people I always ask people, like, oh, do you have any ideas where it's a good spot to camp? Nobody ever has a good idea. Three yeah. people said the exact same 
place. I won't mention the name just uh, in case it causes any local problems. But um, apparently, yeah, people come there quite regularly. So I headed down there. Um, it was a spot where a lot of people go climbing. So there was a lot of climbers around. Um, said hello to them, but yeah, nothing more than that. And then I found this absolutely beautiful little campsite just around the corner away from where everybody was climbing under like a, a cliff edge. So it was kind of a cave, like a shallow cave. So I didn't yeah. need to set up my tent or anything. There's a few shots of this in, in my Southwest Coast Path video. It was just absolutely gorgeous. So I was just chilling there, just uh, getting ready to go to bed, just reminiscing, just feeling great, just being Which like... Which was enough to end the, end the trail there and on a high. Yeah, I actually had and to then... cut this out of my video. I actually filmed a shot of me getting into bed and pretending to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> which did that did not happen i then had to cut that out of the video that didn't make the final cut um so yeah a couple of hours pass it's just about to get dark and these three girls like pop the head around the corner and start getting closer i'm like what's going on here uh we get chatting uh they offer me a glass of wine uh it's my last night on trail i hadn't drunk that much the occasional pint uh, so I thought, you know what, I'll let myself have, I've only got a few miles to do tomorrow. I'll have, I'll have a glass of wine. Uh, ended up being a few glasses of wine. Uh, and then after a while, we went back around to where the climbers were. And suddenly they transformed this entire area. They put up lights everywhere. They had a sound system. They had fires going. It just absolutely blew my, my mind. So uh yeah, in the end, I think about 100 people turned up. Uh, there was a huge rave going on in this cave where they'd set up the sound system. There was two different bonfires outside. Everybody was socialising. Um, and it was just an amazing night. But the best part of it was everyone was so excited about me being there. Like, I felt like <laughs> a little bit of a celebrity. They would... Like I'd be dancing and chatting. For you. Yeah. And then they'd ask me what I was doing and I'd say, oh yeah, I've just walked 600 miles. I'm just, I'm just camping here by accident. And they, they just, they couldn't believe it. They thought it was the best thing ever. Um, so they were like hugging me and yeah, I met so many cool people. And then uh, I just, yeah, about two in the morning, I just crawled back around to my perfect little bed under this cave. And I was just lying there looking out to sea, just thinking, that was crazy. Of all the nights for it to happen as well, on my very, very last yeah. night, that's the only time I would have partaken in those activities. So yeah. it was the it was the perfect ending. And uh, yeah, I what just had this, I just felt like I'm so glad that I pushed through those hard times um, yeah. for this and for the overall because the shit the shit experiences made it better for sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about them a little bit because you. You fell ill, didn't you, midway through trail, which is like got to be one of the worst things that could happen to you on trail, um, other than like dying, obviously. <laughs> um, but you, you looked and felt, I imagine, as though you were going to, because it looked to me like you got some sort of virus or a bug or something like that, and it had just drained you of all energy. But when you're out on trail and you're nowhere near civilization or home, which is the first thing that comes into mind when you're ill, doesn't it? You just want to be at home and need to be cared for. Yep. And you could see that, that you were down, and you, your video portrays that really, really well. Yeah, um, I thought it was so, important to put that in there because a lot of these hiking videos are just like, look at this beautiful waterfall and yeah. look at this. And that hike was 
there was lots of that for me, but there was yeah. a lot of not that as well, and I wanted and to show that. That's that's great because, like you say, that a lot of hiking videos or the Instagram life, I suppose, as it were, is very much about showing all the good things. So it's nice to see because people people will be inspired to go off and do long distance trails. And they'll want to see the highs and lows. They don't just want to see all the highs because actually it's not reality sometimes. And so what actually was wrong with you or do you not know? Was it just a, a stomach bug? or I either ate something dodgy or I didn't filter some water properly. Um, but I just woke up one morning and my stomach was just turning so badly. Like every time I moved, it felt like it was a washing machine just going upside and down. And I knew something was really um wrong when i farted or when i burped because it felt toxic it was not a normal burp it was not a normal fart it had a little sting to it it was like <laughs> disgusting <laughs> so uh so i woke up and i was like right what do i do here i'll try walking i i just had absolutely no energy um yeah, I think it was about a six-mile walk, and it took me all day. I was having naps regularly throughout the day just to give me a bit of a boost of energy. Um, yeah, and I ended up staying in Newquay for four nights while I tried to recover from it. So it was just some yeah. kind of stomach bug, um, which then I had a few days where I felt okay, and then it came back even worse, which is the probably the shot that most people remember from from the video where I'm... I'm pretty upset on the side of a hill um, because the stump that yeah. So this is a this is another story. I just posted this wonderful photograph on Instagram um, of me like on this with this amazing view in the background, saying, "Oh yeah, I'm still out here loving life on the coast path and feeling better, so much better." Honestly, about two minutes later, I just started feeling awful absolutely awful so i decided i'm just gonna camp here yeah. uh, so this was five days after my initial in illness i've been hiking five days here um yeah and the one time that like i'm ill and i find a perfect spot there were oh, i don't know why this happened but there were multiple multiple stargazers out that night with their um uh with their telescopes and everything exactly where I wanted to set up camp. So I was there just ill, hardly able to move, uh, just waiting for them to go. I realized they were going to be there all night. So I had to crawl away to this other place and I found this bush and I was just, oh my God, I was so ill, uh, just vomiting all the time. I couldn't even put my tent up properly. So I was just basically just lying under my tarp, waiting wow. for the morning. I couldn't sleep. I was so ill. And in the morning, in my mind, I was going home. That's when I was Well, like, that's what you'd said, and you? you? said, you know, your hike's over at this stage. And I think you said your phone battery was running out as well. Yeah. Uh, so I you couldn't really call for help or anything. Yeah, I had about 5% left. And I was pretty far. I was probably 10 miles from the nearest town or village. So um, in my mind, I was just going to find the nearest pub, go in and just say, can somebody help me? Yeah. And that was so embarrassing like i was absolutely dreading it um thankfully with those last five percent i managed to call the nhs non-emergency line they basically said man up you'll be fine <laughs> <My God. laughs> that, honestly that's what they basically said they said it's not unusual for this to happen 
you'll be fine. So I kept on walking that day. I was still really ill. I was still being sick all day. Um, but I kept on hiking. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but that's what I did. <laughs> I was very far from home. Yeah. Day, did you? you took the advice from the professionals, which was great. And you were, you, there was nothing else you really could have done other than ask for help from the stargazers who, who rather look at the stars. I yeah, think. I think they could see me being sick in this bush as well. Obviously, leave no trace, but occasionally when you're very ill, it's uh, There's difficult. not much you can do about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I was a bit surprised they didn't come over and ask me if I needed help, but I think they thought I was on drugs or something. So Yeah, they probably thought you were homeless and just throwing up your drugs and stuff. Exactly. Um, That's what I looked like. I was a smelly, <laughs> smelly man in very short shorts and just rolling around on a hilltop. <laughs> It was pretty gross, but yeah. But luckily, but, that one didn't last as long, did it? And you pulled through. That was that. just one one night, really, one night, and then the next day, I felt absolutely fine. And that was bang on the halfway point. From then on, then on, the second half was absolutely amazing for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I, it sounds weird, but I'm glad that illness happened because looking back at it now, it made the whole experience richer. And yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself for continuing after that because yeah. it was crazy. It was a lot crazy. of people would have given up quite easily um, at that, and I think I would have done. Yeah, when you feel ill, you've got to be tip top, haven't you? When you're doing anything like that, definitely. And if, if I, I think if it was me and I was ill, I'd be like, right, that's it, we're done. Come back another day. Definitely. If I was closer to home, that might have happened, but yeah, uh, it didn't. Yeah, you soldiered on through like a hero. Yeah, um, and just so we'll we'll come on to something else in just a second. But just whilst we're on the subject, if anybody wants to watch that video, you can check that out on YouTube. Um, is it just search for Easy Dexter? Yeah, on just put, YouTube as well. Put Easy Dexter, it, then you'll find them easy. Yeah, yeah. So there's a so few there's a videos. videos there. The latest one is Dexter's Southwest Coast Path, the highs and lows. Great video, definitely worth a watch. So check that out. Right, let's talk about other trails then. So okay. you, you mentioned a few already. Have I am, am I dreaming this, or have I, met, have I heard that you want to get out to America to do the PCT? <laughs> yeah, this is quite a big story as well. So this was back in 2018 when I started getting back into this. That's when I knew I wanted to walk the PCT, yeah. uh, the Pacific Crest Trail. So I, I've been preparing since 2018. Um, so I actually had a permit for 2019, I had a permit for 2020, I had a permit for 2021 this year, and right. it's not happened yet. It's a bit of a pain. So first year, 2020, I broke my leg. Sorry, 2019, I, I just didn't have enough money. It was a bit ambitious, couldn't make it happen. <laughs> 2020, I fell and broke my leg three weeks before my flight was due to go out. Um yeah, it's crazy. So me and Russell, you might know him, the trail hunter, and another of our yeah. friends, Indy, we met up in February 2020 uh, to have like a PCT launch day. We were all doing the PCT. We met up in Edale. Um, we didn't, at that point, we just, we were getting ready to do the PCT. We were so excited. It was such a nice little trip. We didn't even speak about coronavirus once just in february like nobody thought that was going to cancel it so we were ready to go um a couple of weeks later i break my leg um and then a couple of weeks later like everyone goes into lockdown so 2020 was a double whammy yeah. of me not being able to go broke my leg and coronavirus then this year obviously coronavirus stopped it as well so uh have we got a place for right. next year yet or 
Uh, I think that's it. I think, well, it's not, I've not given up on the dream for the moment I have. I said to myself last year, if it's not going to happen in 2021, just go out and do other stuff. So that's why I've ended up doing Land's End to John O'Groats, the Southwest Coast Path. That was my backup plan. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be somebody who's hiking all the time. I want to have, yeah. I want to have a normal life as well <laughs> and just have these little special trips um, sprinkled yeah. when I feel like I need them. But I'm not somebody who could be happy doing a big hike every year. Yeah. I what think- is normal life for you though? Like, because for for you to have been doing uh, the end to end, and then straight up going on the southwest coast path, that's taken some some time out of the year. So, what is normal life for you normally? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I see twenty eighteen as the end of my normal life. So <laughs> it's time to go back. To, um, I was working for years on National Citizen Service before that. I don't know if you know it. It's a youth program. Um, where young people go out and um, they do loads of stuff. I, I sound a bit like a salesperson here, but that's what my job was. So um, yeah. it's a program where young people pay 20 quid to go away for a couple of weeks. Um, the first week they'll do a week of outdoor adventure, um, yeah, doing climbing, mountain biking, all that kind of stuff. Second week, they go and live in university accommodation and they're doing different skills workshops. And then the third week, they go back home and they set up a community project in their local area with a okay. local charity. And so I was doing that for, for years um, before I decided I was going to get into the hiking life. And uh, it was an amazing job. It was amazing. Yeah. But since I left that job, I've just been doing random um, temp jobs, um to keep the funds coming in so i can keep hiking yeah. that's yeah. what i've been doing because i in my mind i was doing the pct so that's why i, <laughs> my mind I, I know for me to, to be able to say right i'm going to go and do the pct or going to do anything anything long distance a i would have to get time off the work off work to do it b i would have to save loads of money to do it so getting those funds for you like just dipping in here and there now must be quite difficult yeah, I've I've spent a lot of money this year with all the hiking I've done. Um, the thing is, I'm no longer scared to quit my job. Every time I've had, I've quit a few decent jobs in my lifetime, and amazing things have come out of it. Every time, I have never regretted yeah. it, um, and I think I'll probably be that way forever. So um, yeah. I'm never scared of quitting my job, and. I get pretty inventive when it comes time to top up the funds. Uh, yeah, I was we'll doing, talk off air about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was doing some uh, medical trials last year as well. To, <laughs> to, yeah, so I did a medical trial for a lung cancer drug that paid like three grand. So, wow. yeah, it's a good way. It's a good, it's a good way of topping up the funds. Wow, <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah, lab rat. <laughs> and you wonder why you was ill halfway around the south they pressed a button in the lab they're like right let's do it now and see what happens <laughs> yeah, that's crazy but what a way to live though i think those people because we all get bogged down don't we um with normal well what we think is normal life and jobs and careers and all of those things but actually like you say you, you've never been afraid to quit a job and the rewards have always been well worth it. Uh, so there's, I think that, that's a message for anybody out there, really, who's 
you know, umming and ahhing, especially when they've not got um, that many responsibilities or they, they're quite young and they're thinking about going on a gap year because it's already something they've thought about in the past, maybe just go and do it, go and go traveling, go and do those things that you want to do because I can speak from experience when it gets to, when it gets to the point where I'm at, where I'm sort of mortgage, uh, career, kids, it's very difficult to do anything at that point. And, definitely. Uh, definitely, if you've got that opportunity, go out and do it, definitely. Yeah, I'd completely agree with you. And don't don't wait for your friends to be ready to do it. Like, going out and doing these things on your own is so rewarding and you meet so many great people. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's go. what makes it, that's what makes it, isn't it? Because your friends, like you say, don't wait for your friends because chances are they're probably not going to come when they're going to let you down at the last minute. That's just... Um, that's just the way it, it, it falls sometimes, isn't it? So if it's you that wants to do it, go and do it. And yeah. Like you say, you've, you've already mentioned the people that you've met that have made those trips that much more enjoyable. And and that's part of the experience, meeting people, seeing people, seeing the, the different sites. It's all part and parcel of it. It's not just about getting from A to B. It's everything that goes on in between. Yeah. I think it's the people are the, the best part, like, Especially when you go like a, because some of the some of the trails in the UK they're not very well walked, um, especially um, some of the the bigger ones, and especially up in Scotland. So you can go a day without without seeing anyone, even though it's not that wild. And then when you finally bump into someone and you've got all these things to talk about, oh, I love it, absolutely yeah. love it. It's so nice, yeah. and mostly surrounded by people who know what it is you're doing as well. So you can talk to some people in like. If I'm at work, for example, and I talk to somebody about hiking, they're like, oh, right, that sounds great, brilliant. That's about as much as you're going to get. But when you're out doing these things, you're immersed within pe- other, immersed within it with other people that are doing it, and they've all got a keen interest in it. So it enriches it, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. And even when you're out doing like a random thing, when I was doing Land's End to John O'Groats, um, we were passing through some areas where hikers don't go very often um, but because of how we were dressed and what we were carrying people were still interested to find out what we were doing and as as soon as you mention it yeah it's, it's a good conversation starter for sure yeah definitely how about I'm you anyway play. are you are you interested in doing some of the, the long trails oh I'm always interested yeah like, just going back to what i just said there it's difficult um i'm doing because i've not really done any long distance stuff ever so yeah it's very new to me um but again, inspired this year from seeing people's social media, from chatting to Impala, chatting to yourself. I am doing the West Island Way in October, actually. Mate, it's the best one to start with for sure. It'll give you a slight uh, misrepresentation of how many people are out hiking because it's so popular. Um, yeah. But yeah, enjoy it for that. It's so good. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Other than the fact it's October, so I'm just sort of like, mm, yeah, there is might it going to be? be less it's Scotland. Actually. Is it going to be too cold? Is it going to be really wet and cold? I don't know. So I'm just trying to plan ahead for that, which is a bit difficult trying to plan your kit. You don't want to carry too much, obviously, on your first one. Um, but yeah, the, the first one I'm doing, West Island Way. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, really looking forward to it. And then, who knows? Next year, I, I will get on another one. It might just be that they have to be a little bit shorter, just because of time to do them in really time off work and stuff but i think um, it's enough mate i really do for me i see my future being work working a normal job and doing one or two one week trails a year that's how i yeah. see my future and i get enough usually it's day three or day four where i'm like oh 
and I just like relax into it and I'm like I needed this so much you don't need to yeah. go out for six months you don't need to go out for three months I think I think four days is enough to get to get yeah. what you need from it yeah so you should be able to get that from your your uh, coast to coast as well then yeah I hope so I hope you'll so. just be you'll just be glad to get back on trail I think after a couple of weeks off <laughs> yeah always glad to get back on trail but yeah so west island way then maybe next year i don't know cleveland way maybe yeah. um, yorkshire walls or something just build them up maybe as we go see how we get on and then we'll, we'll look i've got kilimanjaro booked in 2024 nice. so that's a while off yet yeah again funds and time off and stuff so planning ahead for that but yeah i'd like to do some more in this country yeah I've done Yorkshire Walls Way. Sorry, didn't mention that oh, did you? before, but yeah, yeah, I love that. Just like for me, there's something really comforting about rolling green hills. Feels like yeah. you're walking through the Shire. It's like those first scenes <laughs> in the Fellowship of the Ring, where the, like I, for me, that's home. So the Yorkshire Walls Way, absolutely love it. Is that we can run off with your bag full of stuff dangling from it and showing I'm going on an adventure? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like the Hobbit. The first I've ever been from home. <laughs> so yeah that's my plans for for next year but well, well for this year and next year we'll see what happens but yeah West i want to talk to you about it. go on i want to talk to you about kit actually because you've you've obviously mastered it because you don't carry a lot of kit anymore nope um how did it start when you first started west island where you said uh, sorry not when you did your, your coast to coast you took loads of stuff i imagine for three of you and you all shared a tent how has that <laughs> gone from there how has it evolved from that to where you are now yeah so back then obviously this was before even there was that much information on the in the internet i don't even know if, if youtube was a big thing back then probably no it probably wasn't i don't when did youtube start i don't know i don't even know i don't know but we, sure, actually. we decided we were doing this walk um and we didn't have any reference points we didn't know anybody who'd done anything like this so we just gathered all our gear together from what we took to like Leeds Festival. <laughs> uh, was it a pop-up tent? Uh, we bought the tent especially, but still back then they were. It was probably like four or five kilograms. So we yeah. used to take it in turns. Somebody'd carry it for. Oh, my dog's going a bit crazy. We'd carry it for half a day and then swap over for the next half a day. But yeah. I, I reckon our bags were probably. 15 to 20 kilograms each that's without wow. food we were carrying wow. like we didn't carry any food um we'd just carry like lunch for that day and then on an evening we'd just find whatever shop was open in that village sometimes it would just be like a corner shop and we just yeah. end up having a can of coke and a boost that was kind of like <laughs> A running joke throughout the trip oh there's no food oh we'll just have a, a can of coke and a boost bar uh so in terms of the actual gear yeah it was just shocking just anything we thought we might need and we cobbled together probably had about five changes of clothes um had a, one of those cheap synthetic sleeping bags that you have when you're about 10 that yeah. just absolutely massive um didn't have any kind of like waterproof cover for my bag or um pack line driver so everything got soaked every time it rained my sleeping bag was outside my pack so that got soaked. um i didn't even have a sleeping mat i didn't even know about sleeping like i saw people with them i just thought that is stupid you don't need one of them so i just slept on the floor <laughs> uh, which is pretty ul but um 
yeah, had a huge stove. It was just cobbled together. That was it. And the evolution, it probably stayed that way for a couple of trails after that. Even West Island Way, Great Glen Way, I did with traditional kit. It was only when I started researching the PCT that I thought there's another way. And yeah. it just got easier and easier and easier. So I went from 20 miles being my absolute limit to doing a 25, 30 to, yeah, I've done 40 miles now in a day. And wow. I can honestly say a 40-mile day with an ultralight pack is easier than a 20-mile day with a, a 15, 20-kilogram pack. Easy because yeah. your back isn't dead by the end of the day. So yeah. for me, ultralight hiking is better because it's easier. That's yeah. as, as simple as it is. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, it's not difficult to work out, but I suppose the weight that goes through your hips, the weight that then transfers through your feet, it'll just take its toll after a certain amount of miles, won't it? Definitely. Now I'm completely no hip belt at all. I don't think you need it when you go ultralight. And all right. actually, it frees your hips up to move a little bit freer, which for me is more enjoyable walking as well. So I just use a frameless, hip beltless pack now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've been a big fan of Atom Packs, but I'm actually getting really into Make Your Own Gear now. So, Well, I was going to come on to that as well, because I've seen some of this yeah. on Instagram, and uh, maybe this is the future. Maybe. Um, I'm taking it pretty seriously. Um, yeah. well, you stayed up all night the other night doing it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so for, for Land's End to John O'Groats, I made five bum bags, and I just offered them up. I was like, does anyone want to test out these bum bags for Land's End to John O'Groats? So a few guys used them. Um, I don't really know how they got on. Me and Ben both finished on the same day and we both used these bum bags that I had sewn myself. Yeah. Um, and they, they stood the test of time. So uh, that gave me a bit of confidence. And as yeah. soon as I got back, I was like, I'm going to make a pack. So I've just yeah. finished my first pack. Um, yeah, I want to make more. And you never know. Uh, who knows where this will go. You know, I think that that would be fantastic. Um, and... It doesn't get much better than being able to being able to speak from experience. Somebody who's been out on trail knows exactly what they need, where they need it, how things work, where they want the pockets. I think it'll be a great thing. I really do. Yeah, for me, there's like no, there's no question in my mind where I'm like, oh, should I test this out or should I test this out? I'm pretty sure I know what the perfect pack is for me. It won't be the yeah. same for everyone else, but yeah. uh, especially with the first. I'm just seeing these as prototypes for the moment, but for the first yeah. final pack that I build, I know exactly what I want. Um, so I'm excited to see it. I'll definitely make some for, for friends and see where it goes for that from there as well. Yeah, looking forward to seeing that and see seeing if it takes off. I hope it. I hope it does. I really do. Are you Sounds into like gear it. yourself? What are you uh, still getting your stuff are, together? Or? I've got. I'm. I'm working on it. So as we always are. I don't think that anybody's ever going to be at that point where they go. I am 100 happy with everything I've got. I bought quite a lot of gear over the past five years or so, changed it here and there. But when it comes to ultralight stuff, I'm starting to 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 sway that way based on what you've just said there about the benefits because I don't do long distance hikes until I do the West Island Way, which is where I'm starting to get like sort of yeah about now. Uh, but when I go hiking up the hills and or if I go for a wild camp up on the hills. I don't want to be carrying too much weight because I like to incorporate it with a good walk as well in the hills. So when you, you start sort of taking 15 kilo, it's going to ruin your whole experience. And what I have found over the years is you take a lot of stuff and you, ca you, you pack for fear, don't you? 
definitely. You think, right, I'll pack that in case or just in case. And you don't need it all, all the time. So I have started to leave stuff at home and go a bit lighter and lighter. But um, yeah, we're, we've still got a lot of work to do there, I think. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think the key is like clothing. People tend to take like multiple changes of clothes and it's just not important at all. You just need to master that layering system. Have a nice set of sleeping clothes. Have a good set of hiking clothes. Have a puffy and have your yeah. rain gear. Apart from that, like leave it at yeah. home. Who cares um, if you smell? Exactly. It, it doesn't matter, does it? And I think a lot of people worry about what people will think because they smell. And before they know it, they're packing, like you say, on your first coast-to-coast, like might be five pairs of, of clothes to change into. Definitely. And I thought people... I was going into Land's Enter John O'Groats and the Southwest Coast Path with like a buffer thinking one or two people are going to make fun of how I smell. I was thinking that, right? <laughs> Nobody ever mentioned it, not one person. And I was eating out in restaurants all the time in these tiny short shorts, just smelling like <laughs> I looked so out of place everywhere that I went and not a single person ever mentioned it. Apart from, actually, apart from once, <laughs> they didn't mention it directly. Um, but me and my friend Ben, who were hiking, um, this was on Land's End to John O'Groats, we'd just got a KFC um, and we were sat in like a retail park eating this KFC on the floor. Um, I'm a vegetarian and I went in hoping to get one of these vegan burgers. They didn't have it. So I had to get a rice salad. It was just rice and lettuce and a few other bits, like worst meal I've ever bought. That's a side story. Um, we were just sat over, sat on the floor and this car pulls up and winds the window down and asks us if we're all right and we get chatting turns out they're community support officers and they thought that we were two homeless men just sat on the floor <laughs> bumming around. That, that was the only time that I've like been mistaken for a, for a Did you take any help? <laughs> You're lucky they didn't arrest you and said, right, come on, son, you've missed out on your community service. Yeah, exactly. Do some letter picking. Exactly. It was just a bit embarrassing for everyone. Um, they tried to like play it down by like following us on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah so what other sort of things do you think are great so let's let's go down the top tips kind of route Um, okay specifically for gear is this yeah let's talk about gear top tips for gear what what or what do you take now in your pack what is your your basics okay um so obviously the big three if you if you want to spend some money and you want to upgrade stuff the big three is the most important so your tent your sleeping bag and your backpack. So those are the three where you want to spend the money because they're where you can make the most weight savings. Um, if you're just buying from Outdoor World or uh, somewhere, you get, they're going to be one kilogram plus. But actually, if you do a bit of research, you can get them down to... I mean, my backpack weighs 400 grams. My sleeping bag weighs 600 grams. Um, you can really get the weight down by focusing on those three. So number one... If you're spending money, that's where to spend it, for mm-hmm. sure. Do your research. Um, number two, I would say cold soak. I would say do it. Just get rid of the stove. You don't need it. It's such a waste of time. Yeah, if it's you're going a on a really... big step. It really, if you're just doing small hikes just yeah. for the day, it's probably quite nice to have a meal. If you're somebody who loves spending a lot of time in camp, yeah, maybe I can see it then. But honestly, I've never 
wished I had a stove on trail because so much lighter, it's much more simple. All I do is pop the noodles or pop the Huel. Huel is a good good tip. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Is that the hot and savoury stuff? It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's like a, a healthy pot noodle. Just yeah. so simple, pretty cheap. Um, it's the perfect backpacking food, really, in my opinion. So just shove that in, shove some cold water in, and then I eat it like an hour later or 45 minutes later. There's no messing around cooking. There's no messing around trying to boil water. There's no messing around um, cooking a coffee in the morning. I just get up <laughs> and I get out and I get hiking. Yeah. So um, cold soak, get rid of your cooking stuff. You don't need it. It's just a pain in the bum. But if you're doing a long-distance hike anyway, um yeah, over the so I I just take the big three and then a, one change of clothes for sleeping in. Yeah, I take a pillow. That's one luxury item that I do take. Right. Okay. I've got a blow up pillow. Yeah. That's always in my pack. I think I'd have to have that. I don't think I could sleep without one. But what do you use as a sleeping mat or a pad? Yeah. So now I'm using um, a three millimeter closed cell foam mat. Yeah which for most people that wouldn't be enough. Yeah. I think if you're doing it depends what your level of comfort is that it's very thin. I wouldn't recommend using it outside of the summer season mm. um because you will feel the the ground. Um but when you're doing something as long as as long as I have, you get used to it after a few days and that's why I'm sleeping on the floor now. I'm just <laughs> used to a hard ground. Yeah. Um, but if you can afford it, get a um Thermarest, Neo Air, X Light. They're the best. Yeah. They're the best. Something nice and light. They're light, they're comfortable, they blow up, um, they last forever, and really good warranty as well if you need to replace it. So, yeah, there are a few bits of gear where, like, there's just one standout thing that I I would recommend to most people. Neo Air, X Light, definitely. Yeah. So, do you have any other luxury items? Obviously, your pillow. Anything you must take with you? Nope. No? No, no. The, my complete philosophy is keep it as simple as possible. Um, yeah. And when you, ha- when you keep it simple, when you keep it light, everything's easier. I don't have to mess around cooking. I don't have to mess around spending ages packing up and finding different things. I know where everything is. I know how everything works. And yeah, I just keep it simple. I keep it easy. I prefer hiking all day to yeah the, the simplest the simplicity i suppose makes not only life on trail easier but the planning easier like i said to you i'm trying to it's itching at me at the minute about the west island way and how i'm gonna get my pack right and but if i just if i knew that if so, stoves didn't exist let's let's go down that route stoves didn't exist i knew that the only thing i was gonna be able to do is cold soak food i'll be fine mm. That said, West Island Well, no, I'm going to be able to get food on trail anyway because there's plenty of places. There's pubs everywhere on that one, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm probably not going to take too much, I don't think, with regards to cooking. Um, yeah, I th- it's a nice process anyway. I loved yeah. going from a heavy backpack to like a non-existent backpack, and every step in between. It's fun working out what you need and what you don't need. There are a few people out there I see they've just gone like ultra light on their first backpacking trip and i yeah for me that Cold doesn't turkey. that doesn't make sense because they, <laughs> they 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 don't know they don't know what's right for them yeah i think it's a better process to start get as light as you can but don't worry about it too much and then progress further from there yeah and like you say the process and and i've gone through it over the past few years 
it's realizing actually yeah all right i might use it but i don't need to use it it's more of a a luxury item as it were um and i probably could get away with going camping without it and then what you kind say, of things are you talking about so the stove for example is a classic one like i don't sometimes if i go on a wild camp it might just be a last minute right i'm going out on a camp tonight and i'm coming back first thing in the morning ready for work mm. do i need to take a stove sometimes probably not i could probably just grab a sandwich and put it in my bag and take that with me and that's me done for a night i'm not gonna i'm not gonna die of starvation overnight but yeah um for a long distance i think i think the west island way i'm, I'm very very keen to to try not taking a stove i really don't think that i'm gonna need one i think i could probably get away without I'd, one. i'd go for it mate go for it and honestly cold soaking the food is nice i yeah. mean you compare I, I don't know what what kind of foods do you usually eat well, I take dehydrated meals just for... They work, they work yeah. so well. They work so well. I, every dehydrated meal that I've tried cold soaking works so well. Um, yeah. You just need to leave it for probably like 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, and the difference is a slight difference in temperature. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the time you've waited for... Sometimes when you're up on a hill and it's windy, by the time you've waited for it to actually rehydrate, it's cold anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I guarantee you'll really appreciate the idea that you just get it out and you just eat it. There's no waiting around to cook. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I'm going to give it a go. Next yeah. time I go out, I'm going to give it a go. I'm not going to take a stove. That's that's my next step. Great. I'm not going to take a stove. Great. <laughs> right. So I think we've we've covered kit there. I like that. Um, oh, sorry, yes. kit. The what? I'm so against. I got to be careful what I say here, but. I think my number one tip is get rid of the boots, get on the running shoes, the trail running shoes. Yeah. I have never come across somebody having major feet problems in running shoes, but I come across people with insane blisters when they're wearing these big heavy boots all the time. Unless you know that you have weak ankles, unless you're somebody who really isn't active at all, trust your feet a little bit more. You can get away with trail runners on pretty much every trail in the uk i think this has probably been one of the number one divides this year i've seen on social media um particularly people doing uh, long distance trails or not so much in the in the mountains i think people have generally stuck to to boots although i have seen a few people not but you get the argument that you're either completely against or completely for people like but what if you roll your ankle I'm not being funny, <laughs> and I'll say this from experience. I've got a pair of boots that cost me 225 quid. I roll my ankle more in those than I do my trail runners. Yeah. So it it doesn't make – I don't think there's much in it, if I'm honest, and that's just my opinion. Obviously, it works differently for everybody, but all summer I've definitely been wearing trail runners, and I've found it a lot more comfortable on my feet. I think that has to be your number one priority, having your – feet in the most comfortable state that they can be and for most people that is going to be in trail runners because they're lighter they're more comfortable they're not as stiff and rigid um i do think people who know that they have really weak ankles maybe boots are better for them i like i always picture the scenario like i'm at the bottom of a hill somebody's asking me to go up the top it's quite technical terrain would i rather go up in boots or trail runners, I choose the running shoes every time because they're lighter and more nimble on my feet. I'd definitely fall over. I'd have more problems in boots. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, it, it's it's just it's crazy. It's crazy that yeah. people still wear boots when they they cause so many problems. It's I'd rather have wet talk. feet than blisters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, it's funny you should talk about it because it, it's something that I've been I've been pondering over. Like I said, it's been a big divide on social media as well, from what I've seen. But I've been going out on little walks here and there, and like I say, most of this summer I've been wearing trail runners, and uh, I've. I went out for a walk the other week. I thought, right, I've not worn my boots in ages, not since like it was there was frost on the ground. So I thought, right, I'm going to go out for a walk. And I just did, I think it was 10K, just went out on a little walk in my boots just to get them back into, get them sort of get used to them. Because I was thinking, right, I'm going to do the West Island way in my boots. But I rolled my ankle more and I, I weren't doing anything technical. It was just a local walk. And I rolled my ankle more in those than I did in my in my runners. So they don't protect you at all. I mean, I what is this little bit of fabric that goes a bit further up over your ankle going to protect no. you from when you properly roll your ankle? The only way to protect yourself is to strengthen your feet and to strangle, yeah. strengthen your ankles. Sorry. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I still roll my ankles quite often, but because my feet are just so tough now, like it's never an issue. You get used like, to it, don't you? I just get used to it. I've never hurt myself. Um, yeah. so ease into it don't go out and do a 30 mile day <laughs> in trail runners after have never walked more than four miles before but um yeah i uh, yeah i'm i'm all in the trail runner camp yeah. definitely i'll be putting my boots back on don't get me wrong for when it comes to sort of the winter months and oh yeah stuff. winters um, i don't even go out at winter i'm a fair weather hiker for yeah. sure <laughs> and especially with, with in the mountains and the hills I'll, I'll think that i'll probably stick to boots but when i'm getting on sort of local walks and even some hills most of the walks that i've done this year i've put my, my trainers on and i've been fine in them so the only I thing i did find is i went out last week and uh, it absolutely threw it down and didn't have waterproof socks and my feet did get absolutely soaked and i got mm. a little bit of a rub on my little toe so that's something i need to invest in maybe get mm. some waterproof socks do you wear waterproof socks I tried them out on the cape wrath trail this year and i wasn't impressed to be honest right. with you um I just let my feet get wet and yeah. I've never had any major problems. Um, yeah, but I always go for a shoe that has a wider foot box. I wasn't yeah. to the ultras originally that everyone bangs on about. But everyone goes on about the ultra lone peaks and yeah. the, the fives. Especially. I've actually I've moved away from that. So I'm using Innovate, um, the G270s. They're the ones that um, Damien Hall used on the Pennine Way record and the Coast to Coast record. Yeah. Um, so I'm using them. I think they're pretty much a perfect walking shoe, to be honest with you. Um, they're a bit firmer than the Ultras. They've still got a wide toe box and they last. They're expensive, but they last forever. I'm getting about 800, 900 miles out of a pair at the moment. So yeah. um, they're really good. Uh, yeah, I just, just trust your body. I feel like ankles have gone through millions, billions <laughs> of years of evolution why do we think in like a hundred years of shoe technology, we think just a little bit of material is going to improve how an ankle works? Like, yeah. just let the ankle be free to do its thing, unless you know you have problems <laughs> and start slowly. <laughs> Good advice, I would say. Good advice. Um, so next week, then you're going on the coast to coast. Yeah. Exciting. So times. I've been trying to get my those. Three mates, we were all best mates when we were teenagers. I've been trying to get them together to do it for years, and it everyone has their own lives now. It's just not happening. Um, and, yeah, if you combine end-to-end -end trail 
and the Southwest Coast Path. I've hiked about 1,850 miles. So I just wanted something to top it up to get yeah, to 2,000. 2000. Um, that's not the only reason. And so, so Coast Path, sorry, um, Coast to Coast just fit perfectly. Um, yeah. Then I started looking at it. I was like, I'm going to try to do it fast. Maybe I could do it in six days <laughs> or maybe even five days. And then you think, that's just one food carry. So, yeah, that's yeah. gone to me thinking I'm going to attempt to do it unsupported. unsupported. Yeah. Wow. It's not, I'm not super fast. I'm not going to claim like I'll be the people will have done it faster before, I'm sure. There isn't a lot of information out there about that, but I'd like to just set a decent time that my, my friends and peers can go out and try and beat in future yeah. years. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. to say that I've walked from one end of the country to the other across. And then across as with, well, yeah with one carry of food as well that's pretty cool and i've yes. done it that way so yeah yeah so, yeah, yeah i like that. About that probably about a week maybe next friday maybe next saturday maybe next sunday we'll see i'm, I'm gonna check the weather a bit close to the time but excited yeah. to get out there again and just uh i bet you are try and do a fast one i felt very slow on the southwest coast path um so i want to i want to be fast this time for sure but at the same time you there's no rush to get back so enjoy every step yeah of that because i'm sure when you get to the end of it you'll you'll wish you had somewhere else to go straight afterwards Definitely. just like you have done when you finished your end to end and then you're like oh, i need to do the southwest coast path now and you've come back from that and you want to get on the next one so definitely yeah winter's hard for me as well because uh i hate hiking in winter so uh <laughs> yeah definitely focus on the running during that period yeah unless you can get over so maybe maybe future plans could be get somewhere hotter and warmer uh, Mate, for the do, winter months to do doing some, some yeah trail. doing the te Araroa over winter that is just yeah what a dream i'd love to do wow. that one day yeah put it on the cards it's got to yeah. be on the list and you've got to do it at some point definitely um it's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you dexter yeah really thanks has. for having us um, on how can people because we, we mentioned your youtube how can people find you on uh social media and youtube yeah, just search Easy Dexter. It's the same on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, yeah, I've got a few videos of different hikes I've done over the past years. Um, yeah, my focus for the moment is definitely on make your own gear. So if you're somebody who is maybe going out and doing a long distance trail and you're interested in testing out a untested backpack, uh, definitely hit me up as well. Um, Are you going to be trying that next week? So... In my mind, in my mind, I'm not going to use that backpack I've just finished because that is not ready to go. But in my mind, my sewing skills are ready to create a backpack that's ready to go out. Um, but I'm so busy over the next week, so it's going to be a rush to get it finished. And I've had to order a few new materials to change things up. It's 50-50 at the moment whether <laughs> I'll be using my own backpack next week. But okay. I'd love to. My aim is I'm going to try finish one for then, yeah. But I'm going to have to jump straight on the sewing machine after this. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, well, we'll see in the uh, the Instagram stories, no doubt, if you are carrying said backpack. Yeah, but if there is um, anyone going out and doing the PCT or the AT or the CDT next year, and you're interested in trying out a backpack, um, obviously we've got six months till then. I'm pretty pretty sure i'll have something ready by then so it's a hit me up i'd love to hear from you that'll be awesome definitely yeah. well uh, like i say on social media just search easy dexter on instagram and on youtube watch some of the videos some great videos on youtube epic stories and pictures that you will find on instagram for when uh, dexter's on trail as well so definitely hook him up on there and if you want a backpack give him a shout um 
be be the guinea pig. Yeah. Um, you'll not get three grand like like Dexter gets for having <laughs> his lungs tampered with. But yeah, be the guinea pig. Um, so awesome, definitely. I'll look forward to seeing them, and I'll probably purchase one in the future. Yeah, uh, for my ultralight trails. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep you in the loop if you're interested in trying one of the early models out for me. Yeah, definitely. That would be great. Um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, maybe. I'll definitely give that a go. Yeah, great. I'll keep keep. What you use? What backpack are you using at the moment? At the minute, I'm just using like an Osprey. Okay, um, but they're, they're quite heavy, so they it's, are. I've been looking at the atom packs, and they're so beautiful, especially the custom made ones. But it's it's the eight week lead time and the money to to buy it outright at this stage, and and then the fact that I'm getting married, and well, I don't want to get divorced at the at the thought of uh, paying two hundred eighty quid for a backpack. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Not just yet, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be cool. worth it one day. But like, well, the divorce was well worth it. Yeah, I think it's worth. I think sorry, going back a bit, but great advice is the backpack should be like the last thing that you buy, like once you've got everything else ready. Because I fell into the trap of buying. I've got about five different backpacks, and I had a huge one, then a slightly smaller, a slightly smaller. If I'd just waited a few months till I had my gear like proper dialed in, I could have just got a, a smaller, lighter one from the start. So yeah. I've got a couple of backpacks that are just too big for me that I don't really use now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll probably be looking at that. That's probably the next thing I'm going to do. I've got a few backpacks actually now that I'm going to probably just get rid of because I don't use. So I might just try and sell a few bits and make some make some funds for my yeah. next purchase. But yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely need to to look at that. I've got. I mean, I've gone. I don't sleep under a tarp. We've gone off on one here. We're trying to end, and this is exactly what I do every <laughs> single time. I've gone. Um, a little bit lighter with the tent this year because I don't sleep under a tarp. I've never tried it, but I just the thought of it scares me. Um, it is scary. I can it imagine, like, especially on a cliff top. First few um, nights under my tarp, I didn't get any sleep whatsoever. Yeah, I definitely need to be enclosed one way or another. Uh, and that's not because if, if someone's going to come and murder you, they're going to murder you regardless of whether you're in a tent or a tarp. But it's, I think it's insects and slugs, that kind of thing that just... Um, I'd rather be enclosed, so I've gone for a tent. I managed to get myself a used uh, Terra Nova Laser Competition, which is the older style one. Nice. But they come in at like under a kilo, so I'm I'm dead happy with that. Yeah. So I'm happy with my my tent weight. Nice. I do need to look at. I've got I've got a quilt instead of a sleeping bag, which comes in at like 600 grams or something. Nice. Um, again, I don't know if that's going to be warm enough on the West Island way. We'll see. But I'll always have my my puffy jacket anyway, so I'm not too fussed. Um, so next thing is is definitely the backpack. I need to look at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think out and back, they're just killing it at the moment in terms of like UK companies. They're the yeah, they're the only one really the smashing the ultralight gear. I think so. For now, yeah. For now. <laughs> <laughs> we need to think of a brand name, Dexter. What's it going to be? Um, molecule packs. Ooh, okay, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it's taken a spin-off Atom Packs at all. <laughs> Atoms yeah. are smaller molecules. You're going to have to work on that. That's not yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see. If you have a good backpack company name, let me know as well. <laughs> I'm struggling with right. that. We'll see what happens with that. I look forward to it. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear about your West Highland Way journey. I've done it twice now. Fun. I love that. That trail will always have a special place in my heart. So it's a good one. Yeah. Are you doing I'll it on your own? Uh, no, I've actually got uh, a couple of friends doing it with me. So. Great. That'll yeah, be, that'll be so much fun. 
yeah I, i'm really excited for it actually got a few things going on I've got the marriage first I need to get that out of the way with first yeah. so I can actually get excited for the West Island way yeah great <laughs> uh, it's a good job she doesn't listen to these podcasts <laughs> right thank you so much anyway it's been, it's been a pleasure, pleasure. Loved um, it. I hope I hope next week goes to plan uh on your, your coast to coast I really look forward to watching that on YouTube yeah if you get a video for it if not I'll catch you on on Instagram anyway watching the videos on there so. yeah great yeah, thanks and a hope, so much. I hope the weather stays good for you as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Take care. Yeah, all the best. Thanks so much, Cheers. man. See you. I'm sure you'll all agree, another fantastic guest. I hope that one way or another, all the guests from this series have inspired you to get outside more and enjoy the great outdoors. Make the most of the rest of the summer months. Get out, try new things, walk to new places and climb those mountains. The people that I've chatted to and the people that I've connected with through social media have all become a big inspiration to me. I'm making the most of getting outside as much as possible and I've really felt the benefits this year. Nature and the outdoors are in my opinion the best way to keep your mind healthy and after the last 18 months we could all do with a bit of that. I'd like to say a massive thank you to all the guests in this series and also to Kirsty for the help with making the Walk For Your Wellbeing episodes and the group walks happen. Stay safe and keep in touch on the social media and I'll see you all very soon.